This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Sports Brothers Atlanta. It's been a uh, couple weeks, had a couple def- technical difficulties um, trying to get a new computer set up. Mine decided in the middle of a group project that it just didn't want to work anymore. So we had to find another computer. So we got all that figured out, uh, and after some, some long, hard long hard hours of trying to figure all this out, we got it done, and uh, so here we are. So we hope you guys have uh, enjoyed yourself for the past couple of weeks. We're glad to be getting back into business. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is high school football. As we all know that the um, second round of the playoffs did partake on Friday. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll also review a little bit of the first round since we didn't really get a chance to do that with all this uh, technical stuff going on. So, Ro, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about, talk about it, break it down, and uh, let's let's see what we got left going into the Sweet 16. It was an amazing weekend on a Friday night. I enjoyed the games. Um uh, McEachin played a really, really, really good game also on Friday night. Uh, Marietta shocked me. They did very well also as well uh, on the Marietta game, definitely. Um, I think that was a very enjoyable game Friday night. I didn't expect at first them to, to, you know, to do that well as they did, but they did uh, because normally Marietta doesn't come out very good in the playoffs. They haven't in a long, long, long time, so I was really concerned, but they had a big win, and, and that win turned out to be really, really, really good. So, what do you think about that win they had on Friday night? Oh, that's impressive. I mean, look, we all understand the capabilities of Marietta, and especially the offense. When you combine the nation's number one tight end with one of the top quarterbacks in the country, along with the other guys that they have, this team has got the ability to go to go far. And it's just a matter of can they string it together. Can they come together? Can the offense gel? And so far in the playoffs, it looks like it did uh, with a really impressive victory over Milton. And now they're going to go into this weekend against Mill Creek, another really good team. But I think as long as this offense stays clicking, I don't know if there's any team that can stop them. I think what's really helping them is they're going to be at home. I'm impressed. So they haven't been on the road yet. <laughs> They've been at home. And I think the home field advantage is really, really uh, to their advantage. I do. Uh, Milton, I thought Milton, since they had playoff experience, I really thought they was going to give them a lot of problems. But the high-scoring offense, what we talked about all year long for Marietta, they finally put it all together. Uh, they got two outstanding receivers. They got a great running back in Vidal. Um, them boys is really good. Art Gilbert is really good, and they got an outstanding quarterback in Harrison Bailey who's going to be going to Tennessee uh, later on next year. He'll be going to Tennessee University. So. Uh, I, I like to see how far they can get. And right now, the way it looks like, if he, they continue to win, they might meet up with McEachin. Yeah. That might be a rematch. Yeah. Because you know, you know what happened the last time when they played a Marietta, McEachin beat them. You know, and uh, a lot of people really thought that Merritt had a chance to win that game. And I was at that game, and that was an exciting, exciting game all the way to the end because I thought even at the end, when the fans started leaving the game, I really thought Merritt had a chance to win it. And, you know, uh, Harrison Bailey was going to throw into the end zone, and he dropped the ball, and that would have sent it in overtime. Yeah. So that, that would have been an exciting game. But McKeechee came out on top, and they're still there now. They're 12-0. and They're undefeated. Uh, them and Lowndes are still undefeated in the tournament. And, and you know, Lowndes got to take care of business this weekend as well, and so has McKeechee got to take care of business this weekend also as well in order for them two to match back up again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, 
So, of course, McEachern's still in the playoffs, and then we'll kind of go and talk about what happened with Hillgrove, who uh, unfortunately fell to Lowndes in the first round of the playoff, had to go down there and uh, yep. make that long trip, and they wound up being bounced out of the first in the first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, kind of, kind of upsetting. Uh, Hillgrove had a chance to be a really good football team this year. We talked about it all year with how good that defense is. But they kind of struggled with what a lot of teams are struggling with right now, and it's the uh, the change to the new the new age offense, uh, the RPOs, the play actions, and it seems like Coach Ironside's a little bit behind the ball with that, um, a little too much, a little too conservative, in my opinion, from the games that I've watched. And it goes down to, in high school, I really think it's all about playmakers. So we look yes. at McEachern, we look at Marietta, and they have so many more playmakers on offense than Hillgrove did. All of Hillgrove's playmakers were on defense, and that's fine and dandy, but you know, when you get into a situation where you got to score points, you got to score points quick. It puts a lot of pressure on that offense. And if you have a, a playbook that just doesn't allow you to take shots down the field, and then the playmakers that doesn't allow them to take shots down the field, uh, then you kind of put yourself in a bind. And I think that's what happened. Uh, Lowndes was uh, Lowndes was the best team. You know, Lowndes was Lowndes was the better team in that whole situation. So I knew that they were going to come out with the victory. Um, but I think Kilgrave did a decent job. You know, you look at. Look at how high-powered some of these offenses were that they faced. And the defense did a good job. But it's just, at the end of the day, the offense wasn't able to put up points. We knew that going into the playoffs. And, uh, unfortunately, it, it cost them an early exit. Well, I talked about Hillgrove a lot this year. Uh, they're two-time reigning uh, Region 3 champs. You know, a lot of them, when I went to their games, they, they were in the Region uh, Region 3 championship jerseys. I mean, uh t-shirts everybody's wearing them so they won it two years in a row um so this year i figured that by the experience and they got experienced coach i thought even though they lost a lot of offensive players i still thought that they would have a good chance in that region at least to make it a three-team race which i talked about a lot this year uh but clearly the better most talented team in that region three was marietta of course we talked about nine ten players in the top uh, 100 in the country so but you know i always talked about Marietta never did play well together they all p played individually very good but not together as one but so you know they put it together so far this year even though it had a couple hiccups you know in the year because mckeechan was really tough for them to beat and then they lost the early game uh which put them out of the number one spot for georgia uh when they played grayson Grayson was a little bit more than, than they can handle. And, so, and Grayson's still in the tournament, too, as well. So uh, we'll talk about Grayson more, and we'll see what they do later on this weekend. But um, Hillgrove still hats off to them. They'll be back. They got experienced coach. Uh, they're going to lose some more. <laughs> they're going to lose their top defensive player. So I, I like to see what they're going to do next year as far as their defense. But Marietta's losing a lot after this year, too, as well. All their, their top players are all seniors. So they're going to be starting over fresh and new. But you know, McKeachin is probably going to be rolling for a while now because McKeachin has a brand new coach and he's doing really well this year. Yeah. Um, so I think his system, everybody's buying into his system. So I think they're going to do very well yeah. uh, for years to come. So, and he's new. And I think a lot of people in that region, uh, the coach is not used to his coaching style yet. So they don't know how to handle him, you know. But like I told you earlier in this year, Matt, they have the most balanced team. Uh, the team is very balanced on offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. and But they're not outstanding in those three areas, but they're very good in those three areas. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They can be beaten. You know, uh, teams like Lowndes is going to give them a run for their money. And North Gwinnett this weekend is going to put up a really oh, big matchup. I was about, about to say that North Gwinnett, I'm telling you, they've won 11 games in a row. 
Uh, they lost game one of the season, but they lost to Cocoa County, though, which that's another good team. You know, they was there in, in the finals last year. Mm. So by losing to Cocoa County after that, they just been running the table on everybody. North Gwinnett. So that's going to be a real big challenge for them uh, coming up this weekend. But it's at home. It's at McEachin. Like we're talking about home field advantage. Right. Uh, this will be the third week in a row in the playoffs that McEachin's been at to stay at home. So normally these teams in Region 3, they have to play on the road. Yeah. But no, not this year. They're playing at home. Meredith's at home and McEachin's at home. So I think by them home, home field advantage, I think both of them have the opportunity to win this weekend, uh, this Friday night. It's going to be cold, though. Yeah. At night, but I think they really do. North Gwinnett is going to be a big challenge. They they really will. So, so do you do you see both of these teams advancing? Is the question? Yes, I do. I do because I think right now Mary's turning on at the right time, and even though their defense and as solid as like McEachins, Mary's offense is just high power, man. See, they put up on North uh, Foresight. They put up uh, what they put up forty two points. Yeah. I mean, not 42, 38 points. Marietta put up 38 points. McEachin put up 42 points. So, I mean, these guys, they can score. They can put the ball up in the air. They can run it on the ground. They can mix it up well. So, I think it's right on time. So, I think both of them have an opportunity to win this weekend. And then we never know what's going to happen. What round we go to after this one? So, we got the Sweet 16 coming up, and then we'll have the Elite Eight coming um, on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And so, um, and then we'll have then you have the semifinals, and then you have the the state championship. So the, the semifinals and the finals will be played where? So I think it's in Georgia State Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that's where they are this year at Georgia State's, which is the old Turner Field, which is the old Brave okay. Stadium. So they play the, they play the final four teams to play at Georgia State. Yeah, new, new stadium. They got a nice stadium. It is a nice and stadium. The, and, and then the championships play, actually, I think it's played in Mercedes. Played so. in Mercedes. Okay, okay, that's. Hmm. That's going to be pretty nice. Uh, I think both of them should be played in, in Mercedes-Benz, but I understand. That, but, you know, Georgia State got a nice stadium, though. They never fill it up. We've been trying to get people down there all year long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got a lot of vacated seats all year long, and they're a really good team. You talk about Georgia, Georgia State. They got a nice football team. They're like 6-4 and four right now. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, not bad at all. Has some, I, think they, you know, they, I think they won this weekend, too. So, uh, that would make them 7-4. and four. So, you know, they got a really good team. So, but I'm looking forward to McEachin uh, this Friday night. I'm going to try to make it out there. I might not come at the beginning of the game because it's so cold, so I'm going to have to wrap up and bunk up tightly. You know, but I'm kind of torn between there and Marietta, so I don't know what I'm going to do because both of them, you know, they're not that far away. They're probably like about 20, 15, 20 minutes away. Well, we could still. just split off. One goes one, one goes the other. But they're going to be really good this Friday night. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good. So. I'm looking for both of those games. and But then another action um, we want to talk about in high school football, uh, some of the games that's going on this weekend also as well. We have um, other teams that they're still in the playoffs. We have, um, let's see, who we got? We got Mill Creek at Marietta. We know about that one. Then we got Archer at Parkview. That's going to be a good game. I got Archer in that game against Parkview. All right, I'll take Parkview just for the hell of it. Okay. Then we got Grayson and Lowndes. Lowndes. I got Lowndes, too. They're on the road. North Gwinnett and McEachin. 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 Uh, Kofi and Altoona. Coffee and Altoona. Yeah, that's in the uh, that's in the 6A class. We don't get a chance to talk about that a lot. No, nope, we Coffee don't. County is another one of those South Georgia uh, counties. Uh, but I think Alabama or Altoona will do a good job. These there. are some big big games, even though in the 6A class, we've got Valdosta and uh, Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill's uh, out of Savannah, so that's yeah. a really good program as well. 
Um, let's see. Decula and Lee County. That'll be a really good game. Lee County's also out of South Georgia. Decula's over there in the uh, the Gwinnett area. Um, so that should be a really good game. I think Lee County will take that one. But this is the game I really want Houston to see. Houston County and Harrison. Yeah, and that's Harrison's a, undefeated. Uh, for those that don't know, Houston County is actually – that's where Jay Fromm went to high school. Um, so for those that don't know, and Harrison is where Justin Fields went to high school. Correct. So two programs with uh, with pretty big guys in the Division One programs right now. So that would be a good game. And uh, that's at Harrison, for those wondering, and if anyone wants to go out and check that game out. And so. Harrison's 12-0, by the way, too, as well. And they're undefeated. they got a nice running back. They got a really good running game, so I, I got Harrison there. I think Harrison's gonna probably win the six A championship. I yeah, got him winning. I can see that as well. I got him winning it, and I'm still rooting for McEachin to win. Uh, I want to win the championship too in the seven A class as well. That would be cool to have two out of out of Cobb County. So, so. Uh, so something really quick before we we change topics. Um, Next year, we're actually having a reconfiguration of all the regions. Yep. Um, that's something that we've been wanting to bring up for the couple of weeks now. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that on this show, Matt, but hey. No, I mean, we might as well while we're there. So, well, you know, there's been some been some redesigning or reconfiguration, whatever you want to call it, for yeah. the regions for the GHSA next year. That's right. Um, some things that are local that I know of off the top of my head. Um, Kel is moving up to the 6A class. So is Harrison. Um, we just talked about Harrison. It's moving yeah. up to seven A class also as well. Yeah, so they're moving up. Hillgrove is moving out of the region into another region. I believe they're moving into a region. That's I with the uh, that's with the, all the Coweta schools. Yep, uh, they're moving to region one, I believe. Yeah, that's like East Coweta. Yes, um, Noonan, and then all those guys over then there. Then you got a couple new teams moving into the uh, to region three which I've been covering Region 3 for the last three. I think it's like South Cobb. And South yeah, Cobb. yeah. so they're probably going to flip-flop one and three um, yeah. to kind of balance that out. Hillgrove going into the region with South Cobb, uh, Pebble yeah. Brook, those, those schools teams, like yeah. that, that that could get ugly quick as far as yeah. football and baseball too. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to kind of balance that out with moving South Cobb and schools like that over to uh, over to that region. Let me so. see if I can find it. I, got, I had it written down, Matt. I had it wrote down all the changes. Did but, I throw you uh, off? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to throw yeah, you off. Yeah, because I didn't bring it up. I mean, I didn't have I didn't pull it up there yet at all. But I have it. I have it in my notes somewhere. Uh, but we're probably that's all right. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get that the next show. But I do have it in, in my notes. Um, yeah, that's something somewhere. that we definitely need to talk about because um, that's that's going to change things as far as next year. It really will. So. You threw me off with that, Matt. I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I but but I, did, I, did, I do have it in my notes somewhere. But. <laughs> for, for, those not, for those not watching on Facebook and just listening, bro, scrambling through his phone right now trying to find that. Uh, I do have it. Trying I to do find have where it somewhere. Got it written down somewhere. But now, now I didn't I'm mean at, to do that to you. I'm sorry. Now I'm scrambling. But I'm, I'll pull it up for the next yeah. time. But we'll, we'll talk about the reconfiguration because a lot of teams is moving out the 7A class down to the 6A class. And some teams in the 6A class moving up to the 7A class. And then the lower rankings like the 1A, 2A, 3A, some of them jumping up too as well some of these academies are moving up and some are moving down some of them wanted to move up but county they won't let them move up so they gotta stay where they are so you know yeah definitely all right so now we're gonna get into the to the thick of the podcast here this is something that i've been holding in for two weeks there's a lot of things i've been seeing on twitter and other social media platforms that have just been rubbing me raw um, so the high school football was just, you know, kind of get us back in, into groove. And now I'm really about to start letting things fly because there's been a lot of things on my chest that I just have to get out. So let's kind of take a well, recap. Well, we're going to let you go ahead first because I know we went on air last week. So I had a lot to say last week, but I still got a lot to say this week. But a lot of things from last week, I probably forgot half the things I want to talk about bad. So, yeah. So <laughs> by the time this podcast gets to you guys, um, 
we're assuming that the new college football playoff poll will be out since it comes out tomorrow. We're, uh, we're creating this podcast on Monday, so we're creating it the day before. So we're going to kind of run through this, give our projections. But first, let's break down the action that happened this past weekend. Nothing really too out of the ordinary other than Oregon losing to Arizona State. But then again, I called that game. I, I said that Arizona State was going to win that game. Um, Oregon shot themselves in the foot. They will no longer be in the playoff race. No, and I really thought I was talking in the barbershop this weekend. Before they got beat, I really said, okay, Oregon has a chance to move up to that fourth spot. Well, yeah, I mean, if you looked on all the projections, Oregon was going to be the fourth team in. Yeah. Barring Georgia beating LSU in the SC championship. And we'll get into that in a second. But Hey, I've had a few, uh, few customers uh, ask me, do I think that Alabama has a chance to get in and my, uh, to the playoffs? And I told them no. I would, I would have and, told them no until I saw Oregon lose. And that was before the Oregon game. Definitely was. Uh, but then, you know, Alabama did a really good job on beating up on nobody with a backup quarterback. Yeah. I Listen, I mean, we understand that Mac Jones is not Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, we yeah. understand that. But this kid is not bad. Okay, yeah. Mac Jones is not bad. Mm-mm. So if, if bleep hits the fan, like there's a possibility of it happening – we saw Oregon lose to five and five Arizona State. Um, we're going to see other games with a possibility of it happening. Like Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State this weekend. Oklahoma State could pull that off. Okay, uh, say Oregon winds up beating Utah in the Pac-12 championship, and then there's a two-loss Pac-12 champion. Okay, there's a there's a very good chance that Alabama sneaks its way in because there's no clear defined winner. Say that Baylor or even Oklahoma, either of those teams. You know, Oklahoma with two losses, Baylor with one loss, winning the Big 12. Alabama's better than both those teams. I think Alabama gets him even without Tua. The reason why I said that, Matt, is because I don't know how the committee feels about Jones as a star quarterback. Do they feel like he can uh, really be worthy enough to play and win in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest question, and I will find that out tomorrow night because the way they did it last week, they don't evaluate – things based on the future right they take last week's game Tua played in that last week's game um that's the week he got hurt yeah. and so that's what they were basing it off of they're yeah. not going to go ahead and jump into the future um mac jones obviously didn't play anybody in western carolina okay but you look at his stat line 10 for 12 275 yards three touchdowns yeah okay i understand it's western carolina but that is still i mean that i mean he did what he had to do and he only threw the ball 12 times okay yeah. and he threw i mean his long pa- touchdown pass was 57 yards yeah okay and i saw i mean you think about alabama and you think yes good quarterback in tua but with mac jones all these receivers do man it's all about the yak okay for those that don't know what yak is yards after completion yards after catch whatever you want to call it these dudes create so many plays in open space that it really doesn't matter who's throwing the ball okay you hit them on a five yard slant and these dudes are gone for 60 okay judy waddle i mean these guys these guys are are built for those kinds of plays, that kind of offense. And I think Mac Jones is better than Utah. Mac Jones and Alabama is better than Utah. They're definitely better in Oregon. They're definitely better in Oklahoma. There is no team. They're better in Georgia. There's no team that I think deserves it more than Alabama at this point. You guys can cry all you want, especially like Joel Klatt on uh, Fox Sports. First of all, you're a clown. Um, but anyways, he, he just believes that Utah is just out there smacking folks. And look, you look at the scoreboard, yeah, they're smacking folks. Okay, look who they're playing. He's lobbying okay. for them. He's lobbying for Utah. Oh, he just, just well, like I a, mean, he hates the SEC, so that's understandable. Yeah, right? just like a boy lobbying for uh, Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
it? Galloway. Galloway. Jordan yeah, so Galloway, Klatt, lot, both of those guys hate the SEC, the yeah. SEC right? Clatt yeah. actually, in his rankings, had Ohio State 1, Clemson 2, LSU 3. If that is not laughable matter, I don't know what is. Because Clemson hasn't played a top 25 team this year. Okay, so I don't understand how you could have them over LSU, other than the eye test, but that comes last in all only, those rankings. Only because they He's only just got so still sad. There. They only got put them back up there simply because they won the national championship last year, which that don't even matter no, to me. No, they just love And most Clemson. fans, that don't even make a difference. What you did last year is, is last year. It's this over. year is a whole different season. Yeah, so that's you, that's just la- – oh, Because God. if you just put them in there based off of that, what what they did last year, really it's not – it's a discredit that the teams this year that was playing very well. And so that makes it seem like you're going to be biased. So you might as well expand. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's going to get back but to look, I'd, I'd, You might I'd, expand the playoff. I'd lobby, I'd lobby for bet. Utah. I'd lobby for Utah if they were undefeated. But they lost to USC, who had a third-string quarterback in. I'm looking at these numbers, man. I, I like these numbers. Even though they was playing nobody, man, Alabama, man. Still, they had a nice run. The running game was on point. Which I said they were probably to get back to the nice running game, and they distribute the ball pretty well for for rushing yards and the receiving. Waddle, yeah, he's probably going to be in the pros. Judy's probably going to be in the pros. This Smith, he's new. Devonta Smith, yeah, he's going to be in the pros. I yeah. mean, these dudes, these guys, these uh, look, these Alabama receivers, man, they're the best in the country. Yeah, they're okay? good, and they're I they're they deserve to be in the playoff because if Mac Jones just hits his just hits his spots on his routes, man, these guys are going to do numbers. Oh yeah, his numbers is good, ten for twelve. I like that. So and if he continues to do that, I mean, well, I mean, you know, Frump's doing about the same thing. Here's here's the only thing where I think it could mess with some other teams. Okay, is they put Alabama at four. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put. I don't think they'll put LSU at one. They don't mm-hmm. want to see. I don't think they want to see a rematch. I think they would move LSU to two and Ohio State at one. So that way there would be an LSU Clemson matchup and then Ohio State Alabama matchup. Which could get interesting, but I think that's what they do because I don't know if people want to see a rematch. I don't know. I don't want to see a rematch because I don't like. I don't like playing Nick Saban twice. But I don't think the playoff committee, knowing with all the political stuff, because you know it goes into let's it, don't, let's don't they don't want to match up. Let's don't jump the gun yet, because it, let's go to the SEC championship. Who, who's going to be there? LSU and Georgia, one versus four. Okay, so now you're going to say automatically that LSU is going to beat Georgia. That's what what I'm assuming, correct. That's what you're assuming? That is what I'm assuming. Man, you know these Bulldogs fans are not going to be happy with that, Matt. Okay, we'll score more than 19 points against Texas A&M. They're not going to be happy with that. You know, look, Georgia's – I've been having this conversation. I've had it with probably 10 to 12 people. Probably 75% of them are Georgia fans. And here's something that I'm going to say looking at it from a completely unbiased situation. If for any reason this game gets into a shootout mode, Georgia has no chance. No, because from having him passed for 300 yards yet this whole season. Still. He still ain't went for 300 yards yet. And I He's playing too conservative. The okay? comeback, the comeback I keep getting from fans, especially Georgia fans is, "Oh man, this defense is incredible." Yeah, the defense playing pretty good against they are, but look who they're playing against, man. They, if I tell them to name one high-powered offense they've played this year, their best their best comeback is Florida or Notre Dame. But they have been playing better than they playing better matchups than Clemson now. Well, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that their schedule is bad. I'm just saying yeah, if you look if you Clemson look at their defense, is. yes, they're good. Yeah, they're good. They're very good. Yeah, but they have not played a high-powered offense. They haven't played remotely close to one. You look at you go down their schedule. I think the most high-powered offense they played is probably Missouri. 
If you look at it from a completely statistical standpoint, I think it's Missouri. Florida is not. Florida has very mediocre offense. Notre Dame's offense terrible. They're not good. Ian no, Book, right. not a good quarterback. Right. I, I don't. I thought that was overhyped game. And anyway, then they say so. Auburn. Nah, no. Yeah. Bo Nix is no. No, that offense is bad. No, it's not that good. So they haven't. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Can they put up? Can that defense? Do the same thing that they've been doing against a high-powered offense like LSU, and if they do do it, congrats. But then you got to go into the playoff and you got to do it again against Clemson or Ohio State or LSU again. And I, I, I don't think. I mean, they've they're going to have to score points to win these games, and they have not showed it to me the whole year at all. Well, you're not the only one, Matt. I'm telling you, a lot of the media outlets are saying Jake Frum is in a slump. He's slumping. So, you know, the, this, the Associated Press has put this up. Jake Frum is suddenly slumping. Well, I mean, so, he's, he's the, the, biggest, the biggest question mark to me, or it's not even a question mark, it's just a, you look at it, you go, oh, no, was he's missing wide open receivers. If you didn't see it at a play early in the game, he had a flea flicker, and uh, Pickens was wide open. And I mm-hmm. mean wide open, and he overthrew him. Hey, you can't do that. You can't do that against a team like LSU or Ohio State or Clemson. You've got to make those. You've got to make those connect. This is the problem. He's a junior, right? Correct. Why is Kirby Smart said we got to do a better job of helping him out? Uh, I, Aren't I, you supposed to be a veteran there? I I hope he's not placing blame on receivers because I understand there's been really? some drop balls or some some routes that have been run the wrong way, whatever you want to call it. But when your quarterback is missing wide open receivers, there's a problem. They said he's got to do. Kirby says he's got to do a better job. Of hitting the ones when they're open. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, and they're not yeah. open; they are wide open. I've yeah. seen him do it two or three times this year. You can't do that. You can't do that, especially against a team with a really good offense. If he don't get it together, his stock gonna drop for the pros. Well, I mean, his stock's already dropped. I mean, NFL guys are looking at this going, I, uh, I don't know about that. He might go in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. He well, he'll probably. This. I think he's gonna come back at this rate. He'll come back for playing. senior year. I think he will. He's too. got. He's got to show somebody that he's capable. So, well, if he keeps this uh, doing a conservative way, I don't know. It's going to matter. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as SC championship game, and we are looking a little bit ahead. Georgia has Georgia Tech, so that, I mean, Georgia can look ahead. LSU oh, well, plays Texas A&M. They ain't got to worry about that game. They might as well just rest players because Georgia Tech's not about to win that game. Yeah, LSU's pitiful. got a little bit more of a challenge with Texas A&M. They play Georgia well, but, again, Georgia can't score points, so that's why Texas A&M's going to hang around. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I got LSU beating Georgia, too, so, you know, I was just messing with you earlier. But, you oh, know, yeah. I, I, I think LSU is going to beat them too as well, and so that's why we bring. Yeah, we're talking about how how is this fourth guy? How is this fourth team going to pop but up? But that's how we bring Alabama into the picture. But you know, like I was telling the guys in the barbershop, this is before I made my prediction that Alabama wasn't going to make it uh, to the playoffs simply because Oregon. That's before the Oregon game. Yeah, <clears throat> I had Oregon getting it slipping into that fourth spot. Yeah, because if Oregon won out, they were in the they were in the playoffs. They were going to yeah, be a one loss. I, I think champ. they were. They were going to get put in over Alabama. I, I think they were, but. I don't know how Arizona State came in and just snuck one in. They're not even ranked. Oh yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's that was bad. It's it's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. They and didn't it, drop so far. It, it hurts, ain't gonna be funny. It hurts. Uh, it hurts Utah even more because Utah's biggest win. Um, I don't. I don't even know what you. I, I don't even know if you have a, Washington. Maybe. I mean, I, there's not a good win. Uh, no, BYU. I mean. There's just there's nobody that you can say it'd be like yeah man that's a that's a quality win right there you no. know there's there's nothing there and there's they finish there. the year with Colorado 
Um, so they will have played, except for USC, who they lost to, uh, yeah. they're not going to beat any ranked teams this year um, unless Oregon stays ranked and they beat them in the, or in the uh, Pac-12 championship. But that doesn't look good. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That doesn't look good for the committee. If if this game would have been a 6-7, to seven, like number 6 versus number 7 matchup, this game had a chance to be very good, and the winner of that game, in my mind, was going to go to the college football playoff. Now, I don't know. Do you move Oklahoma back up at 10-1 and number 9? No, nine? man. I mean, you can't. You can't with the way that they're scraping by teams. Like TCU. I mean, TCU was 5-5. Five and five, Okay. You know, and you beat them by 4? Yeah. That's not – no. That's Especially at home? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like that. You know, they're they're not impressive. They're not they're not impressing anybody. If they would have beat TCU by fifty, okay, maybe. But look, you're beating you're beating TCU by four. Okay, you were a extra point away from losing against Iowa State. Okay, you came back on Baylor, who's a very bad team. You were down twenty eight to three at one point. Yeah. Okay, Baylor's bad. Baylor's not a good football team. There's nothing that's really impressing me with Oklahoma, and I think they're going to get left out as well unless all hell breaks loose. But then again. You've got Alabama sitting right there at eleven and one, with yeah. their only loss being the number one team in the country by five points. Yeah, you got that right. I mean, I, I asked you that to see what you were going to say because uh, Oklahoma, man, they lost. I mean, they lost to uh, Kansas State forty-eight to forty-one. They gave up forty-eight points. Then, even though they won uh, the next game, they still get they still giving up the last few games. They're giving up forty some or thirty some points. Yeah. So their defense ain't that good. No, against against bad teams as well. Yeah, they're against not even ranked teams. teams so so. I, I understand that. So that's where we are, where we at today now, talking about Alabama and the big picture since Oregon lost. So we're talking about Alabama uh, moving back up into that fourth spot because we already figured that Georgia's going to lose to LSU, so that's going to give them two losses. Yeah. And we're already assuming that Alabama's going to beat Auburn this coming week. Yes. As well. Which I believe they will. Um, Auburn's offense doesn't have enough to hang around. Their defense is good, um, which I think it might be. I think it's going to be about a 10 to 13 Even though the game, game. the game is played in Auburn. Yeah, I think Alabama wins by probably 10 or 13 points would be my prediction as of now. As long as Mac, James, Mac Jones continues to play like he's playing, mm-hmm. uh, don't overdo it. Yeah. yeah manage, the, manage the game. Yep. Uh, he's win gonna with have, the running he's game. He's going to have to adapt into that A.J. McCarron role pretty quickly. Yeah. Like how AJ McCarron did with all those national championships. Remember, you're, just gonna, yeah. you're just gonna have to manage the game and do what do what your offensive coordinator tells you. Don't get too flashy, okay? You're not too uh, but you have the chance with the receivers you have, man. Just put the ball in their hands and let them make plays. You got good receivers and you got a balanced attack, even you even had a balanced attack this past weekend in the running game. The running game is really, really, really good. So, you know, and I like Najee Harris, I like Robinson and them guys, and I, I thought they played a, a good game against a, a lesser team. It, no doubt, but at least they've been warming up for, for this Auburn game because, look, Robinson had 92 rushing yards on eight carries. Najee had 14 carries on 66. Ford had 24 <laughs> yards. Townsend had 24 yards. So they've been spreading the wealth in the running game. Yeah. Yeah, they got a chance to do I, – I think they'll, if they could beat Auburn pretty handily and sit there at 11-1 and, and just let everything else fall out like it's supposed to. Because Judy, Judy Smith and Waddle, they're pretty good. Yeah. You're looking about 300 yards right there. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, yes, they're so. going to be very good. Um, I, look, I coming to a conclusion. I I think with the way that things are shaking up, I do think that Alabama slips back in the playoff. The only way they don't, if Georgia beats LSU, the top four teams right now, those are the four teams in the playoff. So LSU would be twelve and one. They're still in. Ohio State undefeated. Clemson undefeated. Georgia undefeated. They're all in the playoff. So the playoff polls tomorrow will probably be about the same one through five. Yeah. For this week. I would assume so. 
Um, the only thing I could see happening is Alabama jumps Georgia, in my opinion, because Georgia's offense is just not showing anything, beating Texas A&M at home by seven points or by six points. And with a slumping quarterback, it's it's tough to say that that Georgia's better than Alabama at this point. So, But, but it's all in the minds of the committee, what they want to do. They can flip-flop the spots uh, tomorrow and put Georgia at number five and Alabama at, at number four. They can do that. Which really, after uh, the LSU loss, I really thought they was going to slip to number four and stay there anyway. But they dumped the playoff committee dumped them off at number five, and I, I already had it predicted to be at number four. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that the whole reason this is going to happen is because of quarterback. Because if they have Tua right now, they're sitting at number four and they're getting in. Easily. Easily, and it's not even a question because with Tua, they're 100 times – they beat Utah by 40. Yeah. And then if Utah does get into this playoff, LSU's going to beat them by 40. That there's – you could say they're tough and physical. But they don't play anybody, man. They don't have any quality wins. They don't deserve to be in the playoff, and I do think Alabama's going to wind up in the playoff. I can't see the I can't see uh, the playoff committee put even Utah up there. I know it's if if but Utah I, sneaks you never its know. way Utah sneaks its way into the playoffs, it's completely political. And well, I mean, it's they're going to be it's already political. Screaming, it's already been political. It's going to be screaming of expansion. It's already been political because there's no way Alabama should have dropped to number five anyway after getting beat by number two uh, LSU at the time. Yeah, and it was number three. They shouldn't have dropped number one spot, and it went like they got blown out. Yep. And everybody's gonna say, "Well, uh, the score was forty-six to forty-one in that game." Everyone said, "Well, you know, Alabama scored a, a lot of their points in garbage time, garbage uh, time, and again, it, no, 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 no." Alabama yeah, I mean, they had it to a point. They had it to a, a five-point game at one point in that game. No, no, no. Oh, no, she no, had no. to make a lot of plays to to keep that game. A lot of people game. was coming and saying, "Well, you know, uh, Alabama gained a lot of points in garbage time at the end of the game." No, that don't mean that LSU always gives up a lot of points. Yeah. They give up a lot of points, man. Trust me. Uh, they ain't been, you know, just blowing people out for, uh, you know. You know, look at this game last week. Uh, last week they gave up 20. Week before they gave up 37 points. Yeah. You know, and before they beat Alabama, they gave up 20 points, so 28 points on there. They gave up one week, 38 points, 38 points. It ain't like their defense been playing outstanding football. Right. No, you're, I mean, you're completely right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So why would you have – Alabama dropped to number five instead of number four, which I predicted meant number four, but, you know, I can't read the minds of the playoff committee. Yeah. That's why ever since before week one, I've been always talking about expanding playoffs, expanding playoffs, expanding playoffs, expanding playoffs. I'm still going to keep saying expanding playoffs. All next year, I'm going to say it. rest of this year, next year, and the year after, I'm going to keep talking about it until we build up some steam with it. Uh, We need to push it out to at least six to eight teams. Uh, Some people are saying that more than that is too many. You know, guys yeah, I need like rest. I like they need the, rest. I like the six to eight number. I would think that would be a good number. Any more than that, guys need rest. You know, stuff you putting too much on them, and they ain't like they getting paid like the pros and stuff like that. Yeah. I understand that, but they are getting paid now. They start getting yeah. paid. So, I mean, hey, why yeah. not play an extra game? I mean, it's only one extra game. Yep. So you put do six, and I think you, by you looking at we looking at six right now, we wouldn't be having the same conversation. Yeah. Yep. For looking at one through six right now. We wouldn't be having this this, this conversation because it don't even matter right now. The playoff committee would have it too easy. Yeah. The only problem they would probably have, Oregon would drop the Oregon would drop the number uh, seven, and Utah would be bumped up to number six. So then you have the top six right there. Yep. Yep. Because everybody else got you know, unless you want to play around and put uh, Oklahoma up there instead of Oregon. 
Yeah, I mean, there's instead a, of Utah's, if you want to play around with that, a lot of windows could be opened with the expansion. Um, don't get us wrong; we talk about it every week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think something's going to have to be done, especially if this turns out into the way that with a lot of debate. Which, I just thought four teams weren't enough from the beginning. Yeah, I just think they rushed and do a four teams because people was complaining about the you know the old system, the old system. They didn't like it. You know, the computer just spitting out two people and you know what I'm saying and yeah. everybody just playing for national championship fans was upset angry every year yeah so uh, you know they decided to throw a committee together and okay we're going to do four playoff team we're going to do four instead of two no no you should have made it larger than that from the beginning yep yep all right well I mean it's a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff to talk about uh we're going to keep moving on with the show but Next week, we'll come back. We'll have the updated college football playoff polls, and then we'll also get you uh, get you caught up on everything that happened as far as the college football world. Uh, it is rivalry week, so crazier things have happened during this week. Um, records kind of go out the window, and a lot of people are playing for pride at this point, so a lot of, good, a lot of interesting things could happen. Um, Ohio State plays Michigan this week. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of, lot of big games going on this week. Uh, Minnesota plays Wisconsin. The winner of that game goes to the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff on the line. I'm so, be watching. I'm watching Ohio State go against Michigan. Yeah. So these really good games this week, and uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll uh, we'll wrap all that up and uh, make our predictions from there. Sure enough. So we're going to switch it over a little bit. We're going to talk about some basketball, especially some NBA basketball. Um, for those those that haven't followed, um, the Hawks are struggling. Man, uh, <laughs> they, are, they are struggling. They've got a lot of issues. And as unfortunate enough as it is, it's because of, in my mind, it's the absence of Kevin Herter and John Collins. Yes. Um, these guys are more valuable to the team than I think people realize. And uh, it's, it's taking a toll. They got a game going on right now as we speak against the T Wolves. They're up forty-seven to forty-four right now in the second quarter. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Minnesota started out good the season eight and then fell off too. So uh, we'll see doing this game how this game plays out. But you know, there's a lot, there's a few bright spots that we can talk about for the Hawks if you not pay attention to their record four and twelve. Yeah. It's like um, a- but whoever made the schedule screwed us, man. Have you seen the teams that we played? I mean, we went on that Western road trip, man. We played the Lakers, the Clippers, um, the Nuggets. Yeah. And then we had to come home and play Milwaukee. But I'm glad we got them out the way early Yeah, <clears throat> on their home floor. Uh, Clippers, uh, Lakers, and the Phoenix Suns, and, and Denver. That was yeah. brutal. Yeah. But you but look at the scoring uh, when even when they played Denver they only lost by four points it was one twenty five to one twenty yeah that was a good game they still put up a lot of points and even against the Phoenix they still put up one hundred twelve points to Phoenix one twenty eight we we already talked about their defense is still going to be you know problematic for them but it's even more problematic now because Collins is out right you know there's nobody in there to clean up the boards get second chance points uh, interior defense is struggling so. You know, so that, that that's the issue with that. And then when they uh, against the Clippers, man, yeah, one fifty to one on one, that was a forty nine point blowout. <laughs> I'm like, man, they got blown out by forty nine points, but they still put up a hundred in that game. They put up a hundred one against the Lakers, but the Lakers scored a hundred twenty two. So I mean, they're giving up a lot of points. Then then they come back at home against Milwaukee. Milwaukee put up a hundred thirty five on them, but they scored a hundred twenty seven. Yeah, I mean. Look, the Hawks have have playmakers and they have guys that can shoot, especially with the way that Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish DeAndre Hunter, 
and Trey uh, Trey Young are playing right now. I mean, these are these are really good guys. Man, they can shoot and they can score. I'm glad that those rookies are kind of finding their roles. They are. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a really good game against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So did Cam Reddish. And if these guys can score, I think we're going to be okay when Collins comes back and this defense kind of figures itself out. Because that's the only problem right now. I mean, the Hawks can score with everybody. They've got to get stops. They're 12th in the lead in points scored. Yeah. Last year, they were number one in points scored. So they're not doing too bad. They're 16th in field goal percentage, 45%. So, you know, the the things they really need to work on mainly, boy, they're terrible and they're rebounding right now. They're 27th in the lead. And their defense is just horrible. But the thing is, the reason why a lot of it is because they're getting a lot of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, 29th in the league in turnovers. 29th in, in the league turn. They average in almost 18 turnovers a game. So that's that. That's the problem with, with with everything. So, you know, and their defensive rating is 28th. Yeah. So that's the thing that's killing them a lot. But the bright spots, I want to look at man that Trey Young. I'm telling you, he's going. He's going to the All Star game, man. Yeah, he is. And that's the bright spot you have on that roster right now. So and I, and I like I like what Trey Young is doing. Uh, this is Vince Carter's last year, but you know, and I not only bright spot I like him. See right now he's averaging. Um, let's see, he's averaging twenty five point nine points a game and eight point seven assists. Yeah, almost percent. Almost a double double on average. So I, I like what Trey's doing, and he's not the only one having a good year. I like the rookie. Let's see what. Uh, no, not him, Hunter. I'm just looking up Hunter. Where's Hunter? Hunter's been doing pretty decent here. But I think that the X, X factor uh, on this team, let's see what Hunter's been doing. Hunter is a rookie. He's averaging 12.5 and uh, about four rebounds a game. So he's not doing too bad. He's right in the mix of the top rookies, you know, so he's not doing too bad. Now, I really thought that Reddish was going to do well. I'm not even going to bring him up right now because he's really, he's really struggling. Cam Reddish is struggling heavily and mightily, so... He's only averaging seven points as a rookie, so, you know. But the last three games, he's come on pretty well, 12 points, 13 points, and 17 points. Yeah, I mean, he's, so, you know, like I said, he's kind of figuring it out a little bit. He is because at the beginning of the season, he was struggling. He was getting two points, four points. Yeah. You know, so I, I think he's kind of getting a catch of everything. But really defensively, where I thought he was going to excel at. Two games ago, he had like three steals. And I thought he was going to – I thought I was going to see that more consistently, Matt, mm-hmm. for us the steals. And – he really hasn't been doing that well as far as that, as far as the defensive reason. That's why I think they drafted him because three-point shooting and his defense both. But the X factor right here, which I talked about. Yep, Jabari Parker. Mm-hmm. That's my man right there. Look at him go. Almost 17 points a game off the bench. Yep. Stay healthy. Yeah, he'll do so, good things for sure. I don't... And he's shooting 50% from the field goal. Yeah. So this is the guy, as long as he stay consistent, he can still be in the running for the six-man-a-year war, like I talked about at the beginning of the season. And, and he did well a lot last year for Chicago, too, you know, so uh, coming off the bench. So I think this guy right here is going to be the difference maker. When we get Collins back, you know, and get some other guys that – who else we got out? Uh, Herter. Herter's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We get these guys back, man. We can work on this interior defense a little bit as the season goes on. Season don't get really serious to beginning next year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. We're still planning on getting down to some of them games, definitely. I had to go down and watch him play. But I, I like Parker, and I think they need to sign him long-term. Um, I really do. And they get a couple more pieces on this team, they're going to be really good, man. Mm-hmm. They have to really go after some – probably before the All-Star break, before the trade, then they really need to go for, 
Jericho after some defensive stoppers. I wouldn't mind him seeing them uh, pick up Crawford. Yeah. Jamal Crawford, somebody like that, who can really play some good defense and he can teach the young guys. Yeah. I think that like would be Reddish a good Like Reddish and Hunter. Yeah. I think because he's been in the league for a long, long, long time, 15, 16 years. I think that would be a good pickup for them. Yeah. Look at, Definitely. But look at Trey Young, man. Before we got still got four minutes in the second quarter. He's already got 17 and 7. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he does. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. So he's going to All-Star game. Y'all pick and vote for him for All-Star yeah, uh, weekend. Definitely. He, he definitely should be there. And he probably should be in a three-point shootout, too, because you've seen his range. Oh, yeah. He see him shoot from, he's shooting stupid, from the logo, man. man. <laughs> he's shooting from the logo the other day. I was like, wow, this dude shoot from the logo, boy. But he did that in college, too, though. So, you yeah. know, hey, we, we know he got the range. He's sick with it. Yeah, 17-7 with four minutes to go into halftime. Man, that's <laughs> – yep. he can double that. I he's mean, on come, pace. He's on pace. Could be close to 40. 40 points and at least about 12, 13, 12 to 14 assists. Yeah, man. He's got, tell you, man, he's he's, he's, he's unbelievable, special. special. And they already got fifty-one and with four, fifty-one points. So these guys can score. They just had to work on their defense. Mm-hmm. So these are the bright spots that I'm talking about. You know, they can put up points. They just they need to find stops. Yep. But you got to admit that all the teams in the NBA this year they're giving up a lot of points. They have, yeah. I don't well, see a lot. I don't well see over a hundred. These guys yeah, giving up a lot of points. I, man. I don't even know if I've seen one score blip by where. A team has scored less than a hundred. Yeah, you know. So these are both both teams are giving up a lot of points in the NBA today, and maybe it's because they spread the floor so much, and a lot of guys are just shooting perimeter more perimeter shots, and right. and really out there they're giving them enough time to shoot the you know give them enough spacing to shoot the ball, so they're really not no lockdown defense. Yep, yep, you're right out there. So I think that's a lot of the problem, and you got a lot of younger players now. They running this running gun stout offense mm-hmm. you know getting up and down the court and in and, and open court and they're shooting doing a lot of a lot of scoring in the fast break options so you know yeah definitely so we'll be back next week we'll talk more about the hawks man but just uh just kind of disappointing but you know this was a very 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 tough schedule that they've had so far this year um, yep. they're four and 12 right now they they've got a break coming as far as the schedule uh, not too many more games before John Collins comes back. I think we're down to like ten or twelve before yeah. he comes back. Um, so that's a that's a plus. We'll get him back. We'll get Herder back in a couple of weeks, and I think this team really will improve. And then with the schedule that we got, it definitely favors us to to go on a run and kind of get back in this mix for the eight spot. Yeah, because you got to think about it, in the second half of the season, all those teams they played out west, they got to come here. Yeah. They got to come to Atlanta, play the Denver's, the Clippers, and the Lakers. They got to come here now. So we got them. We, we got that West Coast trip out of the way. So now mostly we can focus on them coming here now. And with our key guys back, and we get a couple of good trades at the trade deadline, you know, not our core players, but get a couple of people and don't get rid of Vince Carter because this yeah. is last year. Yeah. But you move into some defensive stoppers, you know, yeah. some veterans and defense stoppers, I think that will help us make that A spot that I predicted to be in at the end of the year. Oh boy! So, past couple weeks, uh, Rose is apparently saying that I've been wearing the Falcon shirt um, because yeah. we, we were two and zero in the past two weeks. And uh, yeah. you guys didn't see what happened this weekend. Well, the Falcons are back officially. Uh, they completely blew a game against Tampa Bay, a game that Jameis Winston literally was handing two of them on a platter in the first two drives that he had. The dude throws two picks. And we don't we get three points out of two picks. I know it. They're crazy. <laughs> and both the times we got the ball, we were in their territory. Yep. And that's just asking to lose a game. And everything that I saw against Tampa Bay was what I saw for the whole first half of the season. Um, and we're gonna have a problem because uh, the Falcons play the Saints at home on Thanksgiving night. 
Yep. Everybody's going to be on uh, watching us on national TV get uh, clapped. So that's it's going to be disappointing for sure. But, um, yeah, so big matchup against the Saints this weekend. But let's talk about the Tampa Bay game. Uh, couldn't protect Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan didn't have any time to throw. Julio Jones kind of got nagged with a shoulder injury. Defense played really bad, let Jameis Winston pick him apart. Didn't capitalize on turnovers. And things like that cost you the game. Yep. Well, I mean, I watched the game, man. I'm telling you. What did I see productive? Mm. Mm, nothing. You hear me? I got a lot of dead air, don't I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're scrambling for positives. Man, there are no positives. I started out all year long saying that Quinn's got to go. Even through their two victories, in my mind, I'm still saying Quinn got to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be in players uh, this past two weeks have been they've hearing it. They're hearing it from other people. So they're talking um, a lot of the players. Oh, like uh, Matt Ryan spoke this past week. Well, you know, I got a lot of respect for Dan Quinn. He's been a good friend of mine. He's a good buddy. He's a nice person. Um, and I don't really want to lose a nice person like him. And we became really close as he's been here in the last five years. And I'm like. Okay, he's a nice person. He's a good guy. He's been a good friend to you. Come on now. Tell me something that he's doing productive because you look at his record as a head coach. It's not that good. It's not that good. And then still stuck in my mind is that Super Bowl. I mean, it's stuck in a lot of people's mind. Yeah. 28-3? Man, that's like a nightmare still. Come on, to come back. I mean, because Patriots, man, come on. It's, I think it's going to be stuck and seared in my brain and everybody else's brain here in Atlanta yeah, until for a long, a long, long time it's until gonna we take, win one. Yeah, it's going to take winning the Super Bowl to get that through people's heads. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, man. I mean, what are the chances can they, changes can they make? They got a nice offense. I mean, I like Ridley. I like Jones. Yeah. they got. I, I like them. They got firepower. They do. The only thing that I really think they need to work on, which I didn't still see all year long, is their running game still sucks. Yeah, well, I mean, that just goes uh, – the offensive line is terrible. Yeah. Um, I think Lindstrom should be coming back soon. Lindstrom was the first guy we took in the draft. He should be coming back soon off the IR with a broken foot, which might help a little bit. But, I mean, Jake Matthews played terrible this week at left tackle. His feet work is slow. He just gets bullied by guys sometimes. And it's – I mean, that's a guy you wasted a first-round pick on a couple years back. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he showed blimps. I mean, he's some years he's been good, and some years he's just been bad. And that's not something you can have at left tackle. I mean, that's Matt Ryan's blind side. Matt Ryan is your franchise quarterback. You can't be letting Matt Ryan get hit like that. And that's a problem that, that happened against Tampa Bay. Okay. I, I pulled the stats up. I'm looking at him. You know, I really didn't want to look at him. I'm trying to dig and dig and down deep. You know, I feel bad for the fans. You know, here in Atlanta, um, they're running game eight for twenty. Mollison really was one for fifteen. He was running his rushing yards. The receiving yards, I understand that Julio went down in the first half. I mean, they was blanketing him anyway. But uh, come on now, really. Really, really, that should have, well, he almost had a touchdown there, another second touchdown. He only had one touchdown. He was 6 for 85. Uh, 14, average 14 yards. So, you know, 
Julio Jones ended up with 68 at the end of the game. He came back, so, you know, 5 for 68, which ain't too bad. But the thing that sticks out to me is his defense. Yeah. That's one thing that sticks. Vic Beasley, one tackle. Wow. 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 What can you say about that, man? I know. And you go, Trufant, nothing. One pick. That's all he had. No tackles. Yep. <laughs> uh, who else we got? Allen. Okay, three tackles. Jones was your best man. He had five tackles, four assists. You know, he he was pretty active on the defense. But a lot of these guys just weren't active enough. You know, it made, made Winston look like a superstar. <laughs> Jesus. And I don't think he's a very good quarterback. No, he's not. He's not. Matter of fact, I don't even think he should be starting. But they made, they made him look good. I mean, man, Winston's not a good quarterback. I don't know what in the world in that second half. Oh. Let's look at Winston. What did they allow this guy to do? He's just not that good, man. He threw three touchdowns and two interceptions. He went 18 for 28 for 313 yards. Yeah. Come on, man. The dude's not that good. Why did they allow him to do that? The defense, come on. He did better, Matt. <laughs> He did better, had better passing than, than Matt Ryan did. And why'd they put in shop for? Well, I mean, they were just trying to save Matt Ryan at that point. They didn't want him getting hurt. I mean, season's over, guys. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but, like, we we lose against the Saints this weekend. We're officially eliminated, but we would have to. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that. I mean, we. Yeah, I didn't want to for the fans, uh, you know, sparing their feelings. Nah, know, screw sparing the feelings, you know, man. You know, it's. I'm trying to spare feelings, man. It's all Matt. the Falcons right now. <laughs> you know. This is a direct correlation of the irresponsibility of the front office picking the right guys in the draft. Because this is really a sad day. And we really thought they was going to play better in this when we gave her the prediction at the beginning of the year. We did it. Well, we did. First half of the season, we gave pretty good predictions. We thought. Yeah, we gave them like six wins. We gave them <laughs> They're not going to get win. six wins this whole year. We thought they was going to go first eight games six and two. Yep. We had them at. And then we we knew they was going to struggle in the second half after the, after the, the bye week. We figured they was going to struggle a Right, bit. but if they could have won three games, they would have wound up, you know, 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6. Yeah, six yeah that's chance. what we was thinking. But we didn't never imagine this, 3-8. and eight. And so you, this Thursday, they're going to probably be 3-9, and nine, you know, because they're going to be looking for revenge here. Yeah, and then they got San Francisco at some point on that schedule. Um, then they got the Bucks again. They got Carolina again. Uh, I, I, they might be able to pull one out against Jacksonville, but that's the only win I see them getting, which would put them at four and twelve. You know, Carolina's going to be tough. Oh yeah, boy, they played a hard game. Get even the Saints some problems, man. Yep, these guys are good. Yep, I mean, but San Francisco, I just don't give them no chance because they destroyed the Packers, man. Oh my God, they Rogers, they made Rogers look bad. Mm-hmm. That made it look really bad, you know. And their record don't even show it, you know. The uh, the you know the Packers are eight and three, you know. I really, yeah, I thought it was gonna be closer than that. I really did, and it just didn't turn out that way. I mean, these Garoppolo and them man and their defense is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, only team that I can see them getting problems in that NFC man is really Seattle, cause Seattle man, I'm telling you, my boys look like an MVP quarterback for Seattle man. I'm telling you. Russell Wilson looks really good. Mm-hmm. That's the only team I think that can beat them right now. San Francisco will be them. 
Yeah, they already did it once. So, yeah, that's the only team. So, I don't think I don't think the Falcons got a chance playing at San Francisco. I don't think they got a chance in that game. Oh God, no. You know that's gonna be ugly. So I agree with you, Jacksonville is at home. So I think that maybe they might be able to get a win at home. I think they will safe face. Uh, they got Carolina at home too. So no, but these next two games are gonna be rough. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the beginning of the season and that last game of the season at Tampa Bay. You didn't gave them boys life. They got confidence now. Yep. And really, that's the last game of the season. So really, neither one will have anything to play for. So I don't think you're even probably going to see Matt Ryan in the last game of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's not worth it. It's not worth his career. Um, but so I, mean, I don't have him win that game. I don't even think Julio Jones is going to play either. But like I said, beginning of the season, uh, we talked about during the preseason, the running game is the first thing that I mentioned. Um uh, I said that Freeman couldn't stay healthy. Why would you let Coleman go? They really need to find some back. Once they let Coleman go, they really need to look for some bona fide backups for Freeman. Because mm-hmm. chances of him staying healthy for 16 games was slim to none. Yep. You see where he's at now, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, really, they were setting themselves up from the beginning. You, now you just have a, a unbalanced offense with just all passing with no running game. Yeah, it's ugly stuff. So now you're one, one-dimensional. Yeah. Basically, with no running game. So uh, these last two games, they played good. And I, I enjoyed their two victories that they had. They really came out and enthused, and they worked hard. They saved their coach's job. But now he's going to be back on the hot seat. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone at the end of the year. He's back on the hot seat. I had him on the hot seat even through the two-game winning streak still. I didn't change my mind. Mm-hmm. And, Two wins isn't going to change anything. And don't get me wrong out here, fans. Don't get me wrong at all. I lobbied and wanted Dan Quinn here. I really thought he was a defensive uh, coordinator and how he worked well with Seattle. But he had a lot of good players on that defense, too, in Seattle. But I really thought he can come here and help these guys out. And he did. Get them to the Super Bowl. But after that, it just broke down. I think from there, after they come back, I think that the Patriots ripped their hearts out. And so now these guys don't have no more confidence. They destroyed their confidence, man. You know, so they really need to go ahead and retool the whole defense, too. Mm -hmm. You know, retool everybody, Trufant, let them guys go, you know. uh, Some of them, you know, Jared, you probably can't let him go because, you know, they gave him a lot of money, you know. But some of them other guys need to go. Big Beasley, probably time for him to head on out, too. I don't think they should do his contract. So, um, I think a lot of them guys on defense, they need to let them go. And then you mentioned offensive line. Yeah, retooled offensive line. Boy, they're going to have to have a big draft. A well, they're tra- not going to be able to do it all in one year. And I think with Lindstrom and McGarry in this year's draft, definitely helped. Probably going to have to get one more offensive lineman this year in the draft. Maybe sign a free agent that's better than uh, Jamon Brown and Carpenter. There's a lot of things that they're going to have to do. A lot of things they're going to have to do. And then uh, the first thing is probably going to have to start with a new uh, search for a head coach. I think they might keep Raheem Morris as the uh, defensive coordinator. I like what he did. I like what he's been doing. He had a slip up this week. But I think overall he did a pretty decent job. And uh, we'll see with Dirk Cutter. I don't know if he'll stick around. I wouldn't put my money on it. But, I mean, Dirk's, only, Dirk's, Dirk's got his hands tied with a defense like that, an offensive line that's so, uh, that's so banged up and, and so questionable. There's not a whole lot that he can really open the playbook with. I'm going to go lobbying for a running back in the trade this offseason. I'm, I'm going to go lobbying for a running back for the Falcons. And my number one guy that comes to my mind right now will be Nick Chubbs. 
Yeah. Maybe. Especially with Kareem Hunt there, I definitely, you know, it just. That's going to become I mean, an issue sooner or later because they, the Browns have won three in a row since he's been off of suspension. Yeah. Like I told you, there was going to be a problem because he can pass. He can catch He can receive the ball pretty well in the flats, and he also can run it out the backfield. And so far, they're on a three-game winning streak since Hunt's been there. Um, sooner or later, that's the tie's going to turn, even though Nick Chubb is still playing well uh, in their running back's position. So they make some good trade bait. And, you know, Falcons got to come up with some players that they can put in into that trade to get Chubbs here. He'll be back in his hometown, home city that it is. So I think they need him, you know, uh, make Freeman a backup. Or you can throw Freeman into that trade. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm lobbying to get Nick Chubbs here back in Georgia. <laughs> so yeah, he's a Georgia boy. So I'm going to lobby for that. You know, because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a running back uh, controversy out there. I'm telling you, in off season for the Browns, definitely, and really, or you can get Cream Hunt. You know, if you want, you know, keep uh, Chubbs, but Chubbs won't help him win a lot of games. It's Hunt. I told you Hunt was gonna be an X factor at the beginning of the year. Didn't remember me telling mm-hmm. you that? Mm-hmm. I said he's gonna because I watched what he did with Kansas City. He can do it all. You know, so you know he's not a one dimensional back. So, you know, they're probably going to keep Hunt. He's going to be more valuable than Chubbs is, definitely. Yeah. So that's the guy who I'm lobbying for. If they don't get him, I'll think of somebody else, and I'll let everybody know. Yeah. Right? But the running back position is is a, is a need. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with the Falcons. We could go on and on and on. But honestly, I'm going to wind up boring myself about talking about the same things over and over again. So there's no point in doing that. I know you're depressed about all this, but that he, yeah, yeah. what can I say? Ugh. I understand. Uh, you know, takes yep. a lot of a lot of things that got to be done for sure. Get that right. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us for the past hour. So we did a little bit longer just because we've been out for two weeks. Um, yep. So be sure to. We were on Facebook Live. We're going to be doing that every week. So be sure if sure you want to see it live, uh, check us out on Facebook Live or on Instagram or on Twitter. Find us at Sports Brothers ATL and all that. Um, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us again once again. Um, if you're a fan of the show, be sure to, to keep dropping those uh, subscriptions, especially on on Apple and stuff like that. Um, well, Apple, we're on Spotify. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, sportsbrothersatl.com. We're on uh, Messy FM also as well. That's another online. Go to Messy FM. Uh, what's that? Messy FM.com. Dot com. So yeah. go to that and check us out and go back to all of our shows. You know, it's on there definitely. Yeah, so you got a lot out there. A lot of them on there. And like Matt said, we're going to be on a Facebook Live every week, uh, definitely for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Once again, appreciate you guys hanging out with us, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sure enough.